This is Journey Free Podcast, a sacred space with Unique Hershey, a multi-dimensional one who loves to meet life experiences and conversation. She inspires others to embrace their differences and encourages them to love themselves for the uniqueness that they are. Listen for candid conversations on lifestyle, spirituality, wellness, sexuality, and inspiration. All are welcome to converse, engage, and share. So come catch this vibe because it's a blessing. Hey journeys, where y'all been? It's Unique and I'm back with another episode. So today we do have a special guest. Anita is here with us to share her life experiences as to how she was able to transition into a life of luxury and leisure through travel. Now y'all know we are girls of the world at Journey Free Podcast. So I feel like this guest is really, really fitting for the vibe and I had to get them on the show. Hey Anita, how are you today? Hey, girl. Hey, I am doing amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We are really, really thrilled to get into this conversation about your life experiences. But let's start off real, real smooth. Where are you from? So I am born and raised here in Richmond. Well, actually in Virginia, but I'm originally from Norfolk. So back way back when we were all the 804, there was no 757. Okay, we were all 804. So I'm from Norfolk. I'm actually from downtown Norfolk. And so most people will tell you there wasn't a whole lot going on when I was growing up there, right? I grew up with very, very humble beginnings. Let's just call it what it is. I was a project girl, okay? So we had um, lots of government assistance and all of that kind of stuff. And I always tell people like whatever we needed, wanted, or desired, we just didn't have. And that was kind of my beginnings of knowing that that was not going to be the life for me. All of my friends that I went to school with and were growing up with, like we were all pretty much in the same situation, you know, in those kind of neighborhoods where there's not a whole lot of resources around, you know, we kind of hanging out in the streets until the street lights come on kind of a thing. But, you know, I, I appreciate my upbringing, but that is really who I am in terms of where I come from. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that with me. I can definitely relate to that. My parents actually separated when I was two years old. My mom eventually sold her house and we had to move to apartments that was based on her income. And to me, that was the ghetto. So <laughs> it was definitely a adjustment um, living there. You would hear like shooting at night. I was definitely aware that we were on food stamps. My mom, she worked at like daycare. So very um, minimum wage type work that she did, but she definitely tried her best to raise us, keep us fed, keep us clothed. And I would say that those were probably some of the best times of my life where I could just literally live and be a kid and enjoy everything. And I had no idea of what poverty was and being broke was until I got older because my mom just created me in this little bubble where I just didn't know the difference, you know? So yeah, I can yes. definitely relate. 
Moms have a way of doing that. I'll say the same. We have a similar experience in that because my parents actually divorced when I was about eight years old. My mom worked her butt off. So she stayed at work, which is why we was out running around, right? We that generation. And so, you know, but she worked so, so hard. But, you know, when you are raising four kids on your own, on a limited income, there's only but so much you're going to be able to do. And I just remember like we'd be outside playing and, you know, there would be so much stuff going on around. And yes, we definitely have run through shootouts in the neighborhood and all of that kind of stuff. Experiences that you just should not have as a child, you know, just trying to see the world and make sense of things. But I remember at some point she would just start taking us to work with her at night. I think that also uh, showed me another side of her because when you're when you're a kid, you just see your mom as your mom. And then when she would take us to work with her sometimes and she would have like, my mom would always have pretty good jobs, right? But not, not making a whole lot of money. So that overworked, underpaid employee, I saw that early. And it would be like nice office jobs. And we would go in there with her at night. And we would just set up in her co-worker's desk and act like we were playing office. I didn't realize at the time it was code switching, but I would hear her turn into this professional woman. And I'm like, well, this lady be fussing us out at home. But when she's here, she's a kind of, she's a different kind of person. And so, but I just remember saying, fine, my mom really has got it together um, when she's working. And just like to see everything that she was doing, even to the point where, she, you know, as an adult now, I'm like, Lord, my kids at work with me, like that could not have been a more stressful situation to be in as a parent to say, like, my neighborhood is so unsafe or, you know, I just really need something so that I know that my kids are okay, that I'm just going to go ahead and take them to work with me, figure the rest of it out later. But, you know, that's how moms do. So I definitely appreciate everything that she put in, you know, during those years to try to give us what she didn't even have at that time. I'll put it that way, just looking back now. So that appreciation is definitely there. Shout out to all the moms out there who are doing their thing. We know that you are a mom. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey through motherhood and your children? Yes, absolutely. So I love being a mom. I actually was a bonus mom before I ever had my own son. I got with my husband and at the time he had a son that was about to turn four, right? And so um, that was his oldest, <laughs> you know, at the time. And so I literally got three bonus sons immediately. Um, they could say, you just added water, had an instant family. I sure did, <laughs> but it kind of put me into that role and I embraced that. I love it so much. I love the birthday parties. I love, you know, the Christmas shopping. I was on all of the field trips. Like you could not have told me that that wasn't my baby. You know what I mean? Like in no disrespect to his mom, because you know, she did what she could. But at the end of the day, I just loved him so much as if he's my own and I still do. And he's 18 now. So that's how long I've been on a motherhood journey. And then in 2011, my husband and I decided to start our own family. Now, unfortunately, that pregnancy did not make it. I was actually pregnant with twins. I was super, super excited. And I'm like, I never expected to be pregnant with twins. But then I ended up miscarrying that pregnancy. And then I carried that weight around with me for a long time, both physically as well as mentally. And so I knew I still wanted to be a mother, but I was also like apprehensive, like what happens if I do that again and I end up in the same 
result because that hurt still hurts. You know what I mean? And so, but luckily we had my rainbow baby the following year. So my world, my sunshine, um, and he is, you know, named after his father, acts just like him, but he's a mother's boy. When I tell you he is a mama's boy, you can't say do nothing when it comes to his mama. He is stuck to me like glue. I actually had him while I was still in grad school. Okay. I literally stopped grad school for like just a moment like when I first got pregnant I was like okay um when I was pregnant with the twins and I took a break like I said I was going through all of that and I went back to grad school and then got pregnant again with him so I actually had him at the end of the semester and I had him on the weekend went back the next week, gave my final presentation, turned in my final paper, right? All of that. Then my professor was like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I got to finish this course. So that was like the most uh, hard fought for and well-deserved A I had ever had in my life. But I just remember those kinds of moments of like being pregnant and, you know, going to campus and trying to figure it all out, being tired, exhausted and all that stuff and saying, well, I can't wait to have this baby, but I also can't wait to finish this program. I had my son um, in grad school. And so I was still finishing out courses, working a full time demanding job. My husband was definitely holding it down. I had that mama's guilt very early on because I'm like, dang, I'm away from my son. Like I'm missing those moments. I come in, they got their own little bond going on and everything. So trust me, as soon as I finished grad school, I was just like, no more school, no more any of that stuff that's going to have me so disconnected that way time-wise from my son. But I can tell you now we are thick as thieves. That is my best friend. He won't even let me have a conversation with him around without him jumping in it. But I really, really love being a mom. I feel like there is no greater purpose on this earth than to take care of those who are so dependent on you and who are looking up to you. Like, like if I don't do anything else in this world, right? I got being a mom, right? And I see that every day. He's super smart. He's super funny, right? He has, he's so caring and empathetic. I love his little personality. I tell him all the time, don't you change a thing. Because you know, kids out here, they can be mean and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, baby, don't you change anything about you. You are perfect the way you are. Like that's your uniqueness and that's what you should embrace. And so he always tells me all the time, you're the best mom. I'm so glad I have you as my mom. Thank you so much for taking care of me. Like there's always this sense of gratitude with him. But I think it's just kind of the way that we bond and the way that we love on each other. And it's great. And again, and I have three bonus sons who I love as well. And they're teenagers, right? But it's so funny because it's to the point like my oldest one, I remember coming down the stairs one day when they were over and I was dressed up, getting ready to go out with some girlfriends. And he looked at me, he said, oh, where you going? <laughs> you know, so it just kind of come full circle from not having my own kids to being, you know, an instant mom and then, you know, having my own son and just watching all of them grow up and that sort of thing. But I'm definitely the queen of the castle around here because, you know, it's all boys. Everybody says, do you want to try and have a daughter? And I'm like, I don't know if you check, but my husband is a certified boy maker. OK, we have four boys. Even the dog is a boy. The fish was a boy. So it very much makes me the queen of the castle around here. I say we very testosterone -y. <laughs> I feel like because you had such an amazing example of a mother, you're able to share the same thing with your boys and shower them with love. You're giving them positive affirmations. They're sewing those back into your life. And that's just amazing that you're able to raise Black men in such a difficult time and let them be good, let them be pure, let them have character. I commend you for all the work that you have done as a 
mother thus far. I'm so, so proud of you. And that's just amazing. Thank you. You know, it's hard out here. (laughs) Every day at unicorns and rainbows, right? But just knowing that we're all on the right path, it it just lets me know to just keep going and keep going in this direction. So I I love being a mom. I can talk about it all day. Yes. So thinking about like childhood, Anita, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh my God. So I in elementary school, right? Because I told you there was a, not a whole lot going out in um, in the neighborhood, right? And so I was one of the kids that tuned in and plugged into school. So I would do, always do extracurricular stuff. And it started out that I used to do the morning news show, right? The morning announcements and the morning news show. And I did that in elementary school, literally a camera TV productions, like films in the library, like the morning news show. And I did that in middle school as well. And then, you know, when I went to high school, I was on a yearbook. I was taking journalism classes. And so for most of my life, we really all thought I was going to be a TV anchor woman. Like I just knew I was going to see me on the broadcast news, you know, at six o'clock, you know, and my mom really, really thought that from me. She will still tell you to this day how she just is so disappointed I did not become a journalist and, you know, that I'm not a TV news woman or whatever when I came up here to VCU, I really thought that I was going to be a broadcast journalism major. But I switched it out at the last minute and decided to do advertising instead. But for a long time, I definitely saw myself being a broadcast journalist. And then um, I saw myself being in the world of advertising because I loved commercials. Now, that's weird. But I did. I was the person who would watch the Super Bowl for the commercials, right? And so I was like, these people's ability to tell stories, because I'm big into storytelling, I said their ability to tell stories, like in a short amount of time to captivate people and to influence them, I thought was really remarkable. So I thought that I was going to go and be like this big corporate, like advertising executive and that sort of thing. Um, And I actually went to school at VCU and and got my degree in mass communications, uh, specifically on advertising, on account management and strategy development. And I was one of those people that was fortunate enough to actually get a job in my field right when I graduated, right? So I got this job out of college and I started working at this advertising firm and I hated it. I was like, because it maybe it was the type of accounts because it wasn't like, you know, luxury goods and lifestyle. It was like senior living, active adult, real estate. Like it was nothing fun or sexy about it. And I was like, oh, baby, this is not the way. This is not it for me. I ain't What am I going to do with this? <laughs> so it was all good. It was all good. But yeah, that's what I thought I was going to be when I grew up. Life is funny because while I was in college, I started working the events office and I would help, you know, them make the reservations to secure rooms. I started learning about events. I was a sponge. I was soaking it up because I started really seeing the power of connecting people through through those experiences. And I was just like, oh, I can do this. I can help people gather. I can help them connect. They get to talk about all the things that they want to talk about. They get to make decisions. They get to just celebrate, connect, or whatever their purpose in gathering is. I just thought, oh, I can have a hand in that Plus the way my mind works, I was really good at the logistics so I can get all the things together. And I was doing it so much like as a student worker, like almost working full time hours. So I was so good that I, you know, to to beat my own horn, I was so good that I was working in the events office in the academic year. 
And then in the summertime, I would switch over and work for their conference services office. So that was like really big conferences, people coming in from all around the state. So I was handling everything from their room to their parking to their dining um, and all of those sorts of things. And so I was like, y'all, I am really, really good at this. While I did that throughout uh, while I was in college, I didn't want the advertising agency job anymore. It so happened that a full-time position became available in that department. So naturally, when I applied, I went through the interview process but baby, that was that position was meant for me. So I asked, that's how I ended up having a starting my career really in the event space. And that's where I spent most of my professional career was in the event space. Now, sometimes work primarily in higher education and government and nonprofit entities, but I did have some time in, in the corporate uh, world too, doing events. But that's how I thought I was going to end up advertising, but I ended up in the events world, which I absolutely love. Yes, sometimes we will uh, have our lives all planned out. We think we're going to know where it's going. It's so funny because when I was at Spelman, I was actually a pre-law minor because I wanted to be law and order SBU, honey. That was me. <laughs> And I took my first law class. It was called Women, Values, in the Law. And I read that first entry and I said, oh, baby, I can't do this for another six to eight years. It's giving no for me. <laughs> <laughs> I am tickled. But, Listen, when you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, they actually held this symposium on campus. So I was one of the people who handed out like the badges and everything. And the lady who was over, like she was the director of events at the school and she saw me and she was like I love your personality I want you to join um this club that we have on campus it's called event envoys and so the event envoys were student workers who would do all the events in the local Atlanta area everything that was happening on campus it was like us the event envoys would be taking care of it so I've definitely dabbled a little bit in events and hospitality now I'm doing it on the catering side so we definitely have that in common and it is a definitely a fun fun field to work in you get to meet so many cool and amazing people but baby it is hard work on your body hard. you know it is such Late hard work. nice early mornings okay Listen, and then here's the thing. My career in the events industry, um, I typically was the person on the strategy side and the production side. And so I would work with um, a lot of times when I first started, I was working with clients to help them plan their events. And then I switched over and I became the event planner for these uh, corporations, these entities, because I had that solid logistical background. So it was no brainer for me to just kind of turn it around for them and help create See, that's for my creative because I used to say I'm not creative, right? But I was my creativity came through how I um, how I produced events. And so especially combining that with strategy and thinking about the business purposes. So it was little old me and oftentimes the youngest. The only black female, you know, only black person and only female in a lot of these meetings. But I had such a force with me that even though when I walked through the door, they were looking like, well, who is she? And, you know, I, I have had experiences. They thought I was the help, you know, literally, you know, at telling me where, you know, to put their coat somewhere. And I'm like, no, no, 
That's not what's happening here. Actually, I'm here to run the meeting. You know, I'm here to, you know, to provide the strategy and that sort of thing. But if that was the power that I had, you know, just kind of walking in that purpose is that I believed so much in the power of connecting people through experiences that when I walked through the door, what I delivered to them met all of the needs and everything, you know, from visuals to aesthetics, but really talking about the strategy. Um, and I was primarily doing it in a way before that was just primarily focused on those particular entities needs. But then I got so good that it wasn't just about the events. It became about the raising of the money. It became about corporate sponsorship. It became about membership um, acquisition. And so for a lot of these companies, I started out primarily focusing on their events, but then the strategy led me to have other roles and responsibilities that then segued that or that tied into other business objectives. And so that's how I started doing a lot of fundraising, a lot of corporate sponsorship work um, and that sort of thing. And in actually in one of my uh, positions, started managing a whole nother association and all of their stuff with it. And that really took me to another level in the event space because now I wasn't just planning events in Richmond, Virginia. Now I was planning events all across the state and all across the country. And for very high net worth individuals or for very high profile individuals, I loved it. I remember being um, at VCU when President Clinton came, when he was campaigning for President Obama. And that was like a life-changing experience because there's little old me, right? And I still have the pictures. There's little me. There's all these high profile people around. There's everything going on. But then there's President Clinton and there's a picture of me where, you know, all of the higher ups have positioned themselves around and he's like, oh, no, 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 bring her here. And he put me right next to him in the picture because he saw me working. He saw who was behind it, getting it all done. A similar situation happened when President Obama came to the University of Richmond. I happened to be working there at the time and got to be a part of that production as well. And then it was, like I said, it translated to experiences all across the country where it was all of these locally elected and appointed officials from across the Southeast U.S. were helping to put together and manage their events and, and their member services and corporate sponsorship and all of that sort of Thing. So I had built all of these connections and all of these networks just by being really good at what I do and letting what I did speak for itself. So I loved, loved that part of my career. It definitely was something that I still think very fondly of, even though now that I'm in an entrepreneurship space. Yeah, you got to definitely know exactly where your strengths and abilities lie. Like God has given each and one of us so many gifts, talents and abilities, and you just really have to rock it. I feel like you literally took your career by the horns and became a powerhouse in the industry. And that is amazing. It does not matter where it is that you come from. It's all about where it is that you're going. So you had the mindset to say, I don't care that I am a woman. I don't care that I am Black. These are parts of me that make me who I am. Yes, I'm in this intersectionality, but I deserve to be here just as much as the next person. Now, let's get this work. Big energy, big vibes. And I'm sure that that's something that helped you to propel into entrepreneurship, which I definitely, definitely want to get in. Tell me, when did you realize that enough is enough? I'm 
out of here. I just described to you what my career looked like and what the experiences I had and the level of responsibility that I had, right? But imagine that you're doing all of that and they keep raising the bar, throwing hoops at you, you know, and still not even paying you equitably. So I always tell people I had a big title, big job, big responsibility, but the paycheck did not match, right? And so they would always throw, well, it's because this, and you know, you need to go this, right? So I, okay, I have a degree. What's up? You know, oh, well, you know, those other, they have a master's degree. Okay, I got one. You know, and then I'm going to got a post-baccalaureate graduate certificate on top of that, right? Oh, well, yeah, but they have, okay. So now I have the certifications, right? Okay. And now I'm leading across my industry because now from a national association standpoint, I'm on boards, I'm doing all the things, right? I am teaching other event planners across the country how to plan events. So I'm not really sure what more y'all could be asking for at this point. And I kept running into that regardless of which organization I worked for. And I said, there is no way, absolutely. Absolutely no way on this green earth uh, under this big sun that this makes sense, right? And so for me, I, although I kept just going and going and getting a job, going, you know, I would just okay, well, fine, I'll find another job and I'll make a little bit more money. But I would then I would always hit that cap, right? And I would see those people around me who, again, I'm having to help do all their stuff because they don't got, they just don't have it, right? They don't have it. Um, but they're they're using me in the background as the brains of the operations, right? In, in a lot of those senses. And I said, I keep running into this same situation. And so I really need to put myself in a situation where the things that I'm doing, instead of hustling for my first name to be recognized in a room or to be, you know, any of those sort of things, I need to be out here hustling for my last name. I have to go out here and build my own legacy because all of this stuff that I'm doing, that's making these other people rich, okay? Whether it was from a straight out business profit bottom line or whether it was for fundraising and all of this kind of stuff, they're getting the money, right? And then I'm sitting over here having part-time jobs on the side. Okay. And who listen in that my at my big age, I said I'm a wife and a mama. Why am I gonna keep going out here and getting part-time jobs, side hustles, and all that kind of stuff when I'm already overworked and underpaid? I have no free time because we talked about the hours, right? You work long hours. I'm the first one there. I'm the last one to leave. I remember at one job, I was so overworked, like literally first one there, last one to leave. We're coming in on nights and weekends traveling with this job, doing the work while I was there for these events, the only staff person on site while still working on the stuff back home. Okay. Like at the same time, it was just so crazy for me. And I said, enough was enough. And I got into a point where, listen, I've been in this industry for 22 years and I have more respect around in the industry than I would have on my job. And I said, that's it. That's it. I have to put myself in a different type of position um, so that I can control what my hours look like. I can control my income. I can control my network, my connections. I really needed to design my own life, right? Versus settling for what they said was possible for me. So luckily for myself, three years ago, I actually had started my own business on the side. But I was playing it small because I had a job, right? I had a big job, big title. Who gonna, I, That's a little side hustle. It's okay. You know, I could just work on that a little bit, make a few extra coins, right, to bring in some supplemental income. But last year, um, I'll never forget, I sat down, uh, actually it was the end of 2020. 
One, I sat down and I had a conversation with my husband and I told him, I want to become a full-time entrepreneur. I said, we're doing well enough. We've got a plan. We can save, we invest, we can make some decisions. But I think and now is the time with where I am in business and where I am professionally, that it's time for me to go ahead and make that move for our family's future. And I'm so glad I did. I just wish I would have done it sooner, to be honest. Yes. So let us dive a little bit into your entrepreneurship journey. Tell us about your company and how it's come to be. Yeah. So I own a travel agency, it's Lux and Leisure Travel, and it focuses primarily on all-inclusive luxury travel to Mexico, the Caribbean, Greece, and Dubai. Also building out specialties in Bora Bora and the Maldives, but y'all don't have to stay tuned for that. But it's a boutique agency. I have a client base that I absolutely love. Um, and it's been really, really amazing because not only do I get to help connect people, right? Because I'm a bit so big on connection. I get to use that creativity that sits within me to design amazing experiences for them and they love it and I love it and I love travel anyway I've always loved travel because again I'm from humble beginnings and all I knew was bricks right and so all it took for me was to get a taste of travel although I was working to say okay there's so much more outside of my own area like but I never had the time to actually experience it because I was so overworked right gotta get in get up set out all right now we're going back home and so I always knew I wanted to travel more personally and experience more of the world and so by having my own travel agency I was able to do exactly that and so it allowed me to take that passion and turn it into a paycheck that has been amazing for me and my family so I love 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 what I do not only just um, working with my clients and helping them create amazing experiences for them and themselves. I love the fact that I'm able to create these for people that look like me, right? People who oftentimes do not get that top tier service, that top tier experience. People who kind of look at them funny or question where their funding is coming from or any of those sort of things. But I get to design experiences by choice for people that look like me. And who, you know, or maybe she's a busy mom and she doesn't have time for that, right? Or maybe she's overworked and she doesn't have a, she doesn't even have the energy to put into going out and then having the responsibility of creating something else for her family. So I love being able to assist people who want to have some exceptional experiences without the headache of having to figure it out themselves because I've already figured it out for them and they get that top level service. They've got a warm smile. Like I'm happy to talk to them, right? Like those other people push them off. But in me, they've got somebody that's truly, truly committed and dedicated to making sure that they get to enjoy nice experiences that they want. Yes, I love that because we deserve. Uh, we really, yes. really deserve having that representation is so important. I did not take my first plane ride until I was 18 years old. I didn't get a passport until I was 20. I actually got that opportunity through school to go abroad for four months. And I was like, okay, I got to get a passport now because I'm about to go over here, volunteer for four months in South Africa. I got to make it happen. But I didn't grow up with a passport. And when I talk to some of my international friends, it's like, oh, we got that when we was born. We got that <laughs> as kids. 
it was like having an ID to them. They yes. just had a passport and it was just like, well, dang, I just got on a plane to go to Atlanta at 18 to go visit my college that I wanted to go to. But we won't travel and we'll take road trips here and there. Just my environment, people did not leave their neighborhoods. And so that's why I really like, I would say that travel vlogging is probably my favorite content that I post on my YouTube channel because it shows people that look like you and me. Let's keep it real. Yes. That we can have access to the same places that our others are going to and not telling us about. So when you can hit up Anita and be like, hey, Anita. I want to go on a honeymoon with my partner. Can you help me? That resource is there, but it didn't always look like that. And that's why I really, really love social media. People give it a bad rap, but you can literally make social media work for you. It is a tool to be successful and you have to find the way. I'm creative too. I love creating memories and making them look really, really pretty. Like I just have this way of romanticizing life and people eat that up. And it's the yes. same thing you would do with your company as to what I do on my channel. But we have to show up shamelessly in those spaces, knowing that there's nothing to say that we don't deserve to go here and be here and experience this and believe it or not it does not cost as much as people think it does it doesn't because we throw away money on much more frivolous stuff that will not bring us memories that you know will not count for anything at the end of the day so really it's a matter of prioritization as what that comes down to um but kind of even going back to what you were saying about the fact that you know we grow up in uh, spaces where travel is like not even on the radar. And like, that wasn't a thing for me. I just knew I needed to get away from Norfolk, right? And going to Richmond up the road was a big haul for me, right? At that point. But now I think about the fact that my kid, you can't tell him he's not a travelist kid. As we say, I'm a travelist kid. I'm a travel agent kid. I'm, you know, he just, like his first flight was an international flight to Mexico, right? And now you can't tell him he's not Spanish, okay? <laughs> And it's like, it was so crazy because I had one of his questions. Somebody, they said, what's one of the craziest things to ask? And I was like, well, he asked me one day, can we go to the Ukraine? And I had to explain to him the situation over in the Ukraine at, at the current moment and why that wasn't a good idea. But what it told me is that I'd done it right because my son did not see any limits in this world that he knew he could travel anywhere. And he's so accustomed to it now where, you know, he'll be like, hey, mom, where are we going? We, we need to go somewhere. We haven't been anywhere. And I'll, I'll be like, okay, baby, well, we were just in Chicago two weeks ago. And he'll be like, yeah, but that was two weeks ago. Y'all, like literally his Christmas list, his birthday list, they are not traditional anymore. Like, first of all, he's a very modest kid and he's super humble and he's sweet and he's caring and he'll put things on his list that have nothing to do with him. But the toys and the gadgets don't exist as much. Now, he's a boy. He definitely will put an Xbox or a PS3 on it. But he'll have his list is like, oh, I want to go to Miami in July. Um, I want to go to Orlando in August, right? Like, so his mindset around travel is different. And I'm like, I did it right. Because now he sees no limits. He want to go wherever he want to go. And he'll tell me, mom, yeah, your birthday trip, you can't take that by yourself. We're going to make that a family trip, right? I'm like, well, I want to go out and hang out with my girls. What you mean? I might want to turn up a little bit. And now you're telling me what my trips are starting to look like. So I think it's really, really important 
especially black and brown people expose their children to travel early so that they can see something outside of what they see every day. And so I'm also the parent that I don't have a problem with my child missing a day of school to go travel. Because I feel like the world is his classroom. He's getting some different experiences and some different cultures and that sort of thing where he's not going to get that. We're going to bring these pages to life. And so when he's in class and he's hearing things and, you know, he's interpreting them and he'll spend time on his computer just going to research things and coming back and telling me what he's interested in doing. And so I love what that is even doing for my household, for my future generations, because now I have a child who is experiencing travel, who's talking travel, who sees travel as a normal part his life, right? He are, he had his, he been had his passport. He's doing better than you and I already now, right? And so just to know that that's the, the space and the energy that we've created over here, I'm super, super proud of that. And it was because I started this business and that's crazy because that's not why I originally started it. Things just unfold in the most miraculous ways, but you are definitely on the right path. Any advice that you would give to someone who might be afraid to go to new places, the people who won't hop on the plane because they're scared to get on the plane, the people who won't leave their neighborhood, what advice would you give them as it relates to travel? So I say most of that is a mindset piece, right? And so they don't have to deal with what that looks like for them internally because that's usually fear. It's it's from the unknown. And so the way we combat that is through education, right? When you know better, then you do better. And when you know, then there's nothing to fear Um, because at the end of the day, we have one life to live, just one. And you got to make it what you want it to be. And you can't be afraid. And I think sometimes it's your um, it's your surroundings. They're surrounded by people who are telling them, girl, don't go to Mexico right now, right? Well, what, what part of Mexico, right? What part are you talking about? Because there's so many, like, that's like saying, don't go to Richmond. Okay, well, what part of Richmond? You know, like what part? And so being educated on where you want to go, consuming that content you bring up at social media. And it's such a great point because there's so much uh, information out here. I say YouTube University, Google University. We can also go to a lot of these uh, websites for these suppliers and they'll show you the destinations. You can go to the tourism boards and you'll find like, uh, I love the Jamaica tourism board, right? Because you'll find so many videos, you'll find so much information about these different destinations. So there's nothing to fear. You know, you just got to get out of the mindset and figure out what that trigger is for you. Because if you can deal with that, then that's probably going to open you up for some other things in life. It's probably not just travel. You're having an issue with a mindset piece. You probably have some other mindset work that needs to be done and be cleared out to figure out what you're so afraid of and what's causing that fear. Because there is nothing to fear as it relates to travel. Getting on the plane, you just getting on the plane. When they're not asking you to, to pilot it, you know, they just you just getting on it, right? And and so and understand how safe it is to actually be on the plane versus other modes of transportation. And so again, it is that that education piece that is so um, important. You just have to be mindful of that and where you're going, right? Where what places are you going to? There are resources out here, just like the State Department's website. They're going to tell you what areas to avoid in any country that you would go to, right? And so you want to make sure as you're thinking about where you want to go, that you're making sure you are looking up that information, researching the destination. Um, I work with a travel advisor, right? That's what we're here for, so that we can guide you on where the places you should go, where the places you should not go, or maybe should avoid for a period of time, um, whether it be for any kind of criminal activity, civil unrest, where maybe it's something health related and that sort of thing, because we're educated. That's what we do. Like people say, oh my God, what did you do during the pandemic when you were a travel agency? I said, first of all, people were still traveling. Second of all, I learned. 
I got very, very educated on my products and my destinations. And so I can tell you where to go, where not to go, where to stay, where to eat, you know, where the tour guides are, right? What the currency is, the exchange rates and all those sort of things for the destinations that you're interested. So definitely work with a travel advisor as well, because we're going to be able to help you so that it demystifies it for you. And you can take those fears out of it and get out here and experience this whole wild world. There's so much out here to be sitting in one space and you never know where that trip where that adventure is going to take you. You might discover something about yourself, something, you know, if you travel as a family, you might be able to connect in a different way. That's why I say I, I've always been a person that's big on connections, right? I liked events because I connected people through experiences. I like travel because I help connect people through destinations. And sometimes even solo travel, you connect with yourself. You realize how brave you can be. You can realize how limitless you can be out there when you don't have somebody saying, girl, we got to go do this. And you're like, well, actually, I want to go over here and, you know, experience is this thing. I might want to hear this local show or, you know, take this course or, you know, have something that's off the beaten path. And you can do that when you're solo and you're not worried about somebody telling you, well, you just got to be up for brunch in the club in the boat, but you're able to do that sort of thing. So y'all get outside get outside. You do not want to regret the places that you have not seen, the experiences that you have not had, because you let a mindset issue limit you from experiencing everything out here. There's definitely ways to make travel healthy for you and, and a normal part of your routine, because again, it doesn't have to cost a whole lot. You just have to prioritize where you want to spend that money. What the girlies say, we outside. We okay. outside. Listen, I <laughs> listen, I tell them they call me Miss Be Right Back for a reason. I went on more than 30 trips last year. The year is just getting started for real at the end of the day, but I've been outside all over because there's nothing like it. I like nothing better than a trip to me than a next trip. I'm always thinking about where I'm going next. I'm always putting something into place, you know, and figuring out, okay, where my new friends at? Like, I love meeting new friends. There's some amazing people out here. Like, there's some connections to be had and they might not live in my city. They might not live in my state. Heck, they might not even live in my country, you know? And so I love being able to go and meet new people in new places and have those kinds of experiences. And like I said, you never know how your life might change, you know, from a new connection or any of that sort of thing. But if you stay at home, you're going to miss out. Everybody ain't going to come and find you. <laughs> Honey, because the FedEx man and the Amazon man, they don't change. They gonna they still, okay? They going to still be the same each and every time. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I love it. I love it. And, you know, and that's the other thing that, you know, I love from a travel perspective, because I get to not just meet different people like and, and help them plan amazing experiences. I get to understand their stories. You know, a lot of time they just start talking like so you see these people, oh, but they just start talking and they tell you what they got going on. You learn about them. You learn about their families. You learn about their passions, their bucket list things for a reason, like, or why they want to go to a specific place. So my dad had always wanted to travel, but again, he's a workaholic and he, so he never really took off time from work or any of that sort of thing. And he's like, you know, again, he's from the hood too, right? He kept saying, I want to go somewhere, you know, I want to go to Jamaica. I want to go, you know, I want to go somewhere and put my toes in clear water, you know, and it made my dad was pushing 60 at this point. And my man had never really traveled anywhere. 
outside of the state, except for like road trips for conventions and things like that. And then unfortunately, he got really sick. You know, he got diagnosed with a, with a fatal um, lung disease. He got put on the transplant list. And you know how that goes, right? You see the decline, they go on the list. When they go on the list, they have all kinds of restrictions um, where they can't travel and that sort of things. They have to be within close proximity to hospital in case, you know, the organ becomes available and that sort of thing. And it was a really, really tough time for my family. Luckily, he had a double lung transplant. Um, you know, unfortunately, um, someone had to um, transition in order for that to become available for him. But they found him and they caught him and um, he was able to get a double lung transplant. Now, the timing of this was crazy for us because he got his double lung transplant in October of 2019. By January, February, what were we dealing with? covid Right. And so now we have this other thing to deal with where not only has he just had this organs input and when you have, you know, your immune system is compressed so that your body doesn't reject the organs or whatever. But now we've got a specific disease that's attacking the lungs. And so it created a very, very crazy and very just unknown space for our family having after just gone over the other piece of it. And so now we're like, OK, he's like, I'll, I'll never be able to take that trip. I'll never, you know, like that's kind of went out of the wayside. And I remember thinking, I can't wait for him to heal. I can't wait for us to be out of this pandemic um, because we mixed it through all of this. We're going to get you on that dream trip. And so, you know, having kept that in mind, I can tell you that we definitely sent him on that dream trip. He went last year, he went to Mexico and he went to Jamaica and he got to do it. And, you know, just having that conversation with him and, you know, he's calling me when he's getting there, you know, he's FaceTiming me, he's showing me his room and, you know, he's talking about the water and I just hear him talking about the water and that kind of feeling that I get about that, you know, knowing what that meant for my father, I want to be able to help other people have those same kind of experiences for themselves because when they start talking, they start telling you what they really want because people always say, well, they trying to work they want to work. And when they retire, they're going to travel. No, they want to travel now. And so being able to kind of help them have those experiences now means everything. And so if I can be a part of making that happen for people and those in their family create those memories, like I, that's something, you know, even for me, I'm like, I'll never forget that. Um, you know, I'll always be forever grateful that that's something that I was able to give to him. And so I want to be able to make sure that other people have that opportunity too. Our life challenges can just really funnel our purpose. It puts us exactly where it is that we're supposed to be. At times, we don't understand. Things be uncertain. The outside be looking real, real crazy. But when that thing just start rolling together and coming together, it always comes together so beautifully. I love your courage. I love your ambition. I love how you're so family-oriented and just your drive of how you have taken your business by storm, but doing it in a way that is purposeful for people that look like you and me. So thank you for your service. Oh my God. Listen, I think it goes back to being, it's part of me. It's who I am. Right. And so it's a really natural fit um, for me because I'm authentic to me and, and kind of what has going on. So I never have to second guess that. And that's one of the things I love about being an entrepreneur is that I just get to be authentically me at all time. You know, I'm so committed to me. And, and being, you know, because for so long I was put in a box, you know, and you kind of shrink yourself in those spaces. And so now just being really just 
authentically me at all times and saying what I want and what I don't want and connecting with who I do and who I don't want and and, and spending the time the way that I want to now and, and doing the work that's meaning for me now is I'm forever grateful to even be in this space so that I can be of service to other people that way. So it just, it all makes sense and it all aligns. I'm blessed. I'll just say that much because um, not only am I doing intentional work, it's really helping me create the lifestyle that I always knew I was meant for. And, you know, I, I would never, ever tell anybody to not live their life out loud because, you know, I just see the beauty in doing that and what it's done for me and my family and, you know, people who look like me and you now. That's my one message is always live out loud and be authentically you because that's where you're going to find your most peace your most, you know, your most balanced uh, place for you, your energy is going to be aligned and not feel constricted or like you're at a space where it feels uncomfortable, that there's friction. It's really, really a good place to be at. So I'm forever grateful. Well, thank you so much for this beautiful impartation of your life experiences. At the end of these episodes, we like to do a quick fire round where I ask you a series of quick fire questions and you just let me know the first thing that come to mind. Okay. Cool. What has been your favorite travel destination of them all? So hard. Okay. I'm going to say Dubai. Definitely Dubai because that. I'm a luxury girl, okay? <laughs> and Dubai gives you all the feels. You walk over there, as soon as you get off the plane, you know you in a different space, baby. They move a difference. I'm telling you over there, the Benzes are the Honda Accords. They are the, you know, they they driving them around for Ubers over there, okay? It's just the lifestyle. It is the energy. It is so clean. It is so clean, okay? So going from downtown Norfolk to the streets of Dubai, completely different world. I remember saying, oh my God, that's amazing. But yes, definitely Dubai. There's so much to do. There's such a rich culture. It's steadily growing. Like I, we're going back again this year. So what's the name of the last book that you read? So right now I am reading the 25 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. So I read a lot of John Maxwell books because I'm always constantly looking to improve myself and the people that I interact with and my team and all of those folks. And so it's really important to me to make sure I'm doing that self-work. I'm always looking to raise my leadership lid. I have the greatest sense of self-ownership and self-accountability. And I know that if anything that I want to that happen in this world is on me to do it um, and to figure it out. And that requires to always be evolving. And so I'm always reading leadership books and writing down nuggets. And I reread the same books too. <laughs> this is my third time reading this book because depending on where you are in life, you're going to get something different every time. So um, yeah, that's what I'm reading right now. So what's your go-to technique that helps you stay grounded? It's definitely manifestation and affirmations. I'm going to write the vision and make it plain. And I am going to call into existence those things that I know I want to pass because I can have anything in this world that I want as long as I'm willing to do the work to get it. Absolutely. Let us know what is your biggest turn on. Oh, authenticity. 
I love when people are comfortable in the skin that they're in. And that's just for that's like romantically and, and also just like in connecting with people like friendships. They're my people. If you're comfortable in your skin, it allows me to be comfortable in my skin. And I'm always going to be comfortable in my skin. So if you're not, that might be an issue for you because it won't be one for me. So people who just um, embrace their authenticity, regardless of what that looks like, their uniqueness, they're my people. They give me like the warm and fuzzies. Even talking about it gives me the warm and fuzzies. Let me go find my husband. <laughs> <laughs> yes, get that man, get your man. Yes, yes, honey. <laughs> now, on the flip side of that, what would you say is your biggest turn off of them all? Uh, I mean, I I don't like mean-spirited people. You know, people who are just mean for no reason because I don't know the best way to describe it. Let me like, what did you mad for? <laughs> Exactly. You know, do things with such mean intent. None of us are perfect beings, right? We're all just, you know, trying to figure this thing called life out. And so mistakes happen and, you know, we don't always get it right and that sort of thing. But I think that's different from people who just have ill intent and who are just not nice to people. Because, you know, I mean, I'm bubbly. I'm like, hey, girl, hey, you know, I'm always trying to meet new people. I don't like mean people. Like, get from around me if you mean. <laughs> Yes, because ain't nobody got time for that. Fix your life, boo. <laughs> <laughs> you better call Ayanla. Okay. Because listen, find somebody else, but not me. Because I'm not the one ordered to. Right. Because then Nita Boo comes out, right? Nita Boo from downtown Norfolk comes out. And I'm always, she always here because you know it never really leaves. <laughs> Period. And you, I want Nita Boo to come out. So I just stay away from mean people because I'm the person that would be like, so what you mad for? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let the people know where they can connect with you and get more information about your business, your services, or if they just want to see you traveling, where can they find you online? Yes. So online, you can visit my website at luxaleisuretravel.com for all your travel needs. Um, if you want to connect with me on social media, of course, we've got Lexa Leisure Travel on the Facebook page. Listen, y'all can connect with me personally on my Facebook page. That thing is open and I'm always making new friends. So you can find me at Anita Mingo Yearwood. And then if you want to catch me on the ground, see, I got a different kind of personality over there. That's neat on demand because I'm living my life out loud and on my terms and you can just catch that replay baby on demand <laughs> yes well thank you so much for blessing the journeys today I know that they are going to be so full when they listen to your episode and we are so grateful for you being here and we just want to say thank you for coming and talking to us well, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me on your platform. Your energy is amazing. I'm so glad that we connected. I can't wait to continue to support you in your platform. So I'm here for whatever you need, love. Thank you so much. Well, y'all, this has been a wonderful episode with my girl, Anita, from LuxAndLeisureTravel.com. You can connect with her for all of her travel services, get to y'all's dream destinations, journal, manifest the life that you desire, and live out loud. Y'all check the show notes down below for all of her links and tell her that Unique Tertia sent y'all from Journey Free Podcast, okay? And if y'all from Virginia... You better show up. Norfolk, stand up. Richmond, stand up. 757-804. We in this thing, period. period. Thank y'all for joining us. And I'll catch y'all on my next episode. Bye, Journeys. Bye.